Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. I'm Trevor Strunk, Hagelbon on Twitter, and I'm here with uh, actually a repeat guest. Uh, lucky to get him again. Uh, but my 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 good buddy uh, Leon Chang. You might know him from the internet as at Leon. Uh, you might know his music, his his art, his games, uh, anything. I mean, you're all over the place. You're prolific. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, uh, excited to be back. I had a I had a really good time the first time. I'm excited to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I really, I think like your your first episode was one of my my early favorites, where like I really felt like the podcast had kind of a personality and, a, and an identity. So uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm super super psyched to have you back too. Um, we're talking today. So you've been really focused on music recently, is that right? Yeah. So um, I, I have been writing music for the last couple of years, uh, but I just came out with an album a couple months ago. Um, I had taken a, another extended break from Twitter, well, mostly from online in general, just to focus on it. And it came at a pretty good time just because, I mean, it's constantly like this, but online was pretty terrible at the time. So Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think it's, I think we've been going like a, a consecutive uh, decade with every day being terrible online. Yeah, it seems to just get worse and worse. So I decided, hey, I'm just going to take a break, focus on this album I've been working on. I've been working on it since... I would say about January of this year. So this one. Tell people who don't know uh, what's it called. Where can they find yeah. it? Yeah, um, it's called Retreat. Uh, it's under my full. <laughs> it's under my full name, Leon Chang. Uh, it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on YouTube. It's on SoundCloud. Um, nice. you, you just go to Twitter.com/slash/leyawn. My Twitter. It's one of my pinned tweets, or you can find my SoundCloud. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, if you if you find his Twitter, you can also find his. Uh, my, my favorite thing you've done so far uh, is still your um, your bird adventure game. That's still that's still the cream of the crop for me. Oh yeah, um, the, the in in Twitter game. Yeah that that was that was a uh, that was a masterpiece. I, I yeah. feel like I feel like no one really uh, really noticed that for what it was at the time. But uh, no, I mean your music is fantastic. Um, anyone who likes like anyone likes the intro to this show will like will like Leon's music. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so yeah, that's great. So how would you, like, can you describe Retreat for us a little bit? Give us a sense yeah, of, like... So, yeah, so, so my first album that I came out with, Bird World, that was more of a, a, a traditional, I guess not, I mean, I guess I don't know what a traditional video, video game soundtrack is like, but, um, it was what I'd imagined, uh, a fake video game, uh, that I would like to have played or like to have uh, created, that was the soundtrack to that game. So I had a bunch of different... Mm. Levels. It was very electronic. It was all over the place. This yeah, like one, chip tuning and stuff like that. Yeah, it was. It was had a lot of like, you know, sound effects. It was. It was very like, you know, beeps and boops, that kind of stuff. But this album is sort of more laid back. I had been listening to a lot of the burgeoning genre of lo-fi hip hop, um, which is. Oh, were you were you studying? <laughs> I was studying. I was chilling. I was uh, <laughs> looking to. Um, those beats but yeah i mean uh one thing that struck me from the first album was people had had mentioned to me had talked to me and said that they love working to my music um hmm. one because it's instrumental so there, there's no vocals to really distract you and two because it is not i mean it's not jarring it's, it's fairly pleasant sort of sounds uh, yeah so it, it's nice to have on in the background so when i was working on this album i thought you know i kind of want to explore that genre a little more, a more laid back sort of beats. It's less complicated. It's more, honestly, lo-fi hip hop is really just easy listening with uh, a more hip 
hip-hop tribute to it. That's pretty true. Yeah, no, I, 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 I hear you. Yeah, I actually, that's a, that's a really nice compliment uh, to get, I, I would imagine, um, that your work's easy to work to. Like, yeah. I, I think, like, I don't know, like, there's a, there's a way that we... And I do this too, so not just not just we, but everyone, like me too. Um, the way I think about work is always so negative, right? Um, in yeah. a lot of ways, but also just the idea of flow and the idea of like getting into your work and getting really into it, and like the 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 kind of experience that is that music or or something that can really help you just kind of like lose the world and get lost in something. Um, that you're doing I, that's so cool like i i did that with um elvin jones i would listen to to his uh jazz record uh, heavy sounds or uh indian classical i used to do that with but yeah m- more and more recently um lo-fi hip-hop uh vaporwave stuff like that just like kind of clicks your head into a certain space and you can kind of just just go yeah because I, I i mean I, I feel myself when i'm working like i definitely have different uh, modes of what i like to listen to when i'm when i'm working mm. i definitely like to listen to something silence is, at this point has become sort of unbearable when, when working and i feel like a lot of people <laughs> operate in the same way but yeah i think about the the lo-fi hip-hop genre it's, it's fairly broad in what it consists of but um it's generally unobtrusive it's generally uh minimal on vocals um, so mm-hmm. something you can have on in the background and gives you some sort of um, uh, focus to, to, to your work. Yeah. Um, so like, how do you like, so like there's a, there's a famous, I'm, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but uh, maybe people on the show don't know. There's a famous um, Brian Eno record called Music for Airports um, that is like in a lot of ways sort of it, it imagines itself as music that could be played in the background of an airport right yeah. like it is a conceptual album like that um and so like you know's work on that is very unobtrusive it's very sort of like um environmental ambient music it, it's not yeah. it's not meant to sort of it's meant to make a statement but make it very very quietly i guess uh, is one way you could put it and so how do you like if that's sort of the the way brian Eno thought about okay this is music that is unobtrusive it's in the background how do you sort of imagine like what, what's your what's your mission statement when you try and write music that sort of doesn't take up center stage so that's actually really great that you brought that up because um i actually haven't listened to that album but mm-hmm. um one thing that one of the songs on the album that uh really exemplifies that sort of idea um so wait hold on bring up the album now it is um coffee shop jam i think it's the eighth song on the album okay uh, no, ninth song. So this song in particular, I created this to sound like it was played in a store so, or oh, a coffee cool. shop. Like, So it would be playing on playing in the background while you're at a coffee shop, while you're at um, a store. It's sort of like echoey. Uh, it sounds like you're hearing it from tinny speakers in a shop. Um, oh, that's great. It, and the reason why I, I had originally wrote the song uh, in a normal way where it sounded like, hey, like it sounded like a, a, a well-produced song. But I had just read um, this this article by uh, this New Yorker writer, Gia Tolentino. I don't know if you're familiar with her. I'm not. Um, but she had written about the phenomenon on YouTube in the last couple of years where people are taking songs and adding reverb and echo and changing the EQ on them to make them sound like, they're being played in a mall or being played in a bedroom uh, two doors down oh, or being neat. played at a par- party while you're in a bathroom. Um, and it's a very specific like uh, mood 
evoking sort of uh, technique. Um, yeah. And it's it, it like there's there's one YouTuber that does this with popular songs. So like one of the this has like millions of views. It's like Toto's Africa, but it's being played in a mall. So it sounds like Toto's Africa, but it's a little echoey. It's a little uh, reverby, you know. And I I actually changed the song to sound like that um, after reading this article, and it came out really well. I mean, it's so cool because like of course you know that's a way I've never to sort of bring it around to another comment you made earlier like that's a way I never would have thought about video game OSTs as like specific right um, yeah but that makes a ton of sense I mean even like you know the connection between Vaporwave and and OSTs it also is the reason Vaporwave has um, you know like there's there are fascist uh, Vaporwave aesthetics as well and like yeah that it's all because it's it, it is like it's like specific to a certain time in the past that you imagine um, but like making that actually sound like that, right? Like hearing something in a mall or hearing something somewhere, you know, like taking that sort of like Madeline Proustian moment and like making a song out of it is such a, such a cool idea and such a cool way to think about, I don't know, like even to think about video game soundtracks, but to think about any sort of like ambient or um, as, as you said before, like background sound. Yeah. And when you think about the idea of, lo-fi hip-hop or like of, of like being like an easy listening sort of thing yeah that is like a lot of the video game osts that i really enjoy which tend to be rpgs uh, you know sort of um, the music behind them tends to or has to be uh that sort of unobtrusive sort of background music like when you're in a potion shop or you're like in a store in the video game mm-hmm. there's music playing in the background but it's not going to be like in your face, like dramatic sort of stuff. It's more of a laid back um, background sound. So like a lot of the album is that sort of vibe, that sort of feeling, as opposed to maybe a dramatic boss fight or something like that. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that's, and that's often what, what people remember. Like uh, it, it's not like people will remember um, so much about the, um, you know, like the, the One Winged Angel or whatever, the Sephiroth theme people will always i mean people remember people like that but like people also remember much more the 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 end battle theme in, in like a final fantasy game right like anyone can sort of sing yeah like or or, or or like nintendo menu music yeah like the we shop we shop music you know that that's accessible by everyone and everyone loves that kind of stuff yeah for sure i mean like and, and it's 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 a way of it's like you can think about that in terms of um you can think about that in terms of like this i was thinking about this when i was playing majora's mask the other day um, I was playing it on, on my DS and I was uh, I was like okay wait so like um, this opening theme I, I mean I thought about it instantly like the first time I played it I recognized it but I was like this is the opening theme like on the on the loading menu that is like every Zelda game from I think starting from the Super Nintendo game was that and then I thought about it and I was like this is so recognizable like it's such a like this is almost as iconic as anything in the game um, yeah, and it, it's so it's so sort of like secondary and so sort of throwaway, but they they put so or seemingly throwaway, but they put so much love into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Zelda music, yeah, I mean, with any franchise, there's there's the specific themes that you'll you'll hear in like the intro song, um, or you'll hear those same things in themes in like other levels mm-hmm. or the callback to it. Yeah, um, really creating sort of that cohesive soundtrack to the video 
Do you think about that? Like, do you think that way when you're writing your own music? Like, you do you imagine it in light motifs and stuff like that to make a to make it kind of yeah. So I, I think so. The, for when I'm thinking about music uh, for like an album as opposed to a single song, that's exactly how I'm thinking about mm -hmm. it. Like Bird World, for example, had a few melodies that were present in a few different songs, and then with Retreat, which is the the new album, um, it is. I thought of this much more of a conceptual uh, album in that. Well, there's a few things tying it all together. So, so I'm going to explain the premise of Please, the album. Yeah. Um, if, it's, if it's not apparent already from listening to it, everyone should just like, stop the podcast to go listen to the album. <laughs> like, do your homework, or, or they can have it on in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, we'll see, we'll see um, how much my my producer wants to do some extra work, but uh, um. yeah, yeah. So, so there's 24 songs on the album. Uh, and what I did, the premise behind the album is I took, so the, one of the games that I've played a ton in the last couple of years and that I loved was Animal Crossing New Leaf. It's mm. the Animal Crossing game for the 3DS that came out, I think, four or five years ago, quite a long time ago. Um, and it was the last uh, actual Animal Crossing game to come out. Um, but if you're not familiar with Animal Crossing games, um, which most people are, but if you're not familiar, it is sort of like a very laid-back, um, no end-game Sims type of game where you have a house, you're collecting fruits and uh, wood and furniture for your house, um, you're befriending other animals in your village, etc. It's very going into debt to Tom Nook. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's very like a, it's like a Harvest Moon. It's like it's like those types of games like Stardew Valley where it's. Um, much more of a just lifestyle game, yeah. I would say. I'm sure there's a name for this genre of game, but... No, I think that's, I mean, that's as close as I've come to it. Like, it's it, it really sort of is like a a life sim, or like a, I don't know, it's very, I mean, it's casual yeah. in a certain way, but not not in the way that I think, like, casual has, has become, you know, freighted. Right, right. Um, and it's also a very popular game. People played Wild World back in the day. Um, that got into the 3DS version. Now everyone is playing like the, the mobile one, uh, Pocket Camp when I came out. But anyways, yeah. um, Animal Crossing New Leaf, uh, it has a thing where it's, 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 it can tell what hour of the day you're playing it at. So if you play during the day, it's daytime. If you play at night, it's nighttime. Were you day, were you day crew or night crew? Well, actually, so you have to play uh, to, to collect various things. There's certain times of the day where things are open or not open, so you end up playing at all hours of the day and all hours of the night. <laughs> um, so, so I would end up playing it at various hours. And um, what what uh, occurred to me, and what's really central to the game, is that each hour that you're playing the game has a different song in the background. Hmm. So, if you're playing at 5 p.m., there is a song that loops in the background for the whole hour. Once 6 p.m. hits, another song starts looping. Um, so there's 24 songs that play in the background uh, wow. while you're playing the game. And like the nighttime songs are much more mellow, they're much uh, quieter. Whereas the daytime songs, like the morning one, like 6 or 7 a.m. is much more upbeat. Uh, the 11 a.m. song is like a ragtime piano sort of <laughs> song. And uh, the cool thing about this is that they change every hour, but they also change like if it's raining in the game, uh, it changes slightly. Oh, interesting. If it's snowing. So yeah, there's a lot of background songs depending on what time of the day you're playing the game. And this is separate from like if you're in a store, there's a specific song that plays, or if you're in like 
another town or if you're in someone on the beach or something. So this is all, Anyways. I mean, does, do those songs change? I actually, you know, I've, I've never actually gotten too far into an Animal Crossing game. I've played a lot of the other games you were mentioning, like I was a big Stardew Valley head. But um, yeah. I, never, I never got into Animal Crossing in part because it sort of stressed me out to imagine that the world existed without me. Um, which yeah, I think more about me than it does about <laughs> Animal Crossing, but... Yeah. I mean, the, the, I'm, I haven't played in, in probably about a year and a half, and there's always that, that fear when people quit for a while. They're like, oh, I'm going to go back to my town, and it's going to be desolate. All the animals are, are <laughs> have moved out, and weeds overgrowing, you know, my town. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there's, there's these songs that I play in the background of, of, of each hour, and what I did for the album was I took every single one of those songs, so 24 songs in total, and I remixed and edited and cut them up um, to a point where some of them are un- are unrecognizable. Mm. Like like there's a few songs that really take bits and pieces and just transform it into a completely different song. Whereas some, maybe I take one part of a song and just loop it and add some other stuff and bring out the theme from that. Um, but, but the idea is like, you can listen to the album uh, all the way through, all 24 songs, and it takes you through a day within my version of playing Animal Crossing. Oh, neat. So it's it's very um, the 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 sounds change throughout the album too. Like it's pretty calm in the first you know couple hours of the day. During the daytime, there's more upbeat songs. Then it goes back to uh, more laid back songs as it becomes nighttime again. But each song samples that particular hour of the day from the Animal Crossing soundtrack. So the very first song in the album samples the midnight song in Animal Crossing. Cool. And the second one samples the 1am song and so forth. So do you, I mean, do you like, uh, what do you, is there a setting that you envision with this uh, album or is it, is it, um, is it more of a mood? Do you, uh, do you have like a story behind it? I, I guess I'm just kind of, I'm very interested in this. It's, it, it sounds like, it sounds so cool, but I, I can imagine it like highly conceptualized and like also very low key. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not there's not like a particular setting necessarily. I mean, the song titles are what I would imagine like um, the mood I'm trying to evoke. So like the very first song is called like, "Path Through the Forest." Mm-hmm. The second one is called "Skipping Stones." Very general. I don't know setting settings, I guess, but um, some of them are are more vague. Like one song is literally just called dozing off <laughs> nice. like a very sleepy nap time type yeah. song um so like yeah i have like some sort of semblance of a, a mood or idea i'm trying to convey behind it but i'm not really like shoving it down your throat uh, with like a specific sort of thing it's it's you know it's up to the listener to really interpret that's cool it. i mean like it, that makes yeah. a lot of sense because of course like the the whole idea with the you know lo-fi hip-hop and stuff like that is that it, it's not that the the artist tells you how to feel about it. It's more about how you feel when you listen to right. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and um, the album was also a challenge for me too because Bird World was more original compositions. It was I wasn't sampling or remixing or editing uh, another another soundtrack sure. or another song. Um, so which and which in my mind is actually much easier than cutting up like a song to, to make it into something uh, definitively new. Um, so what I tried to do with the album is making sure that, you know, I'm really um, reworking these samples to something transformative, something 
that's not the original song. Um, so one, so Nintendo doesn't sue my ass, and, and two, so it's 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 I'm legitimately changing it to like a new song. That's cool. I like that a lot. Like the so like for you, for you, this is like this is a tribute to Animal Crossing, but a tribute in sort of like the traditional sense where it's not like it's not a you're not ripping it off by any means you're basically like you're saying this inspired me to make this yeah exactly and also like the animal crossing songs originally they're very laid back very some of them are very bare bones where it's just maybe like one or two instruments playing a couple mm. notes because it, again it's like setting like a very background sort of song and it's also when you think about it if you're playing animal crossing for like half hour during the same hour this song has to loop for that whole yeah, half better hour. not be too annoying. It's a one or two. Yeah, it's a one or two minute song. So if it's annoying, then then you would get distracted. Which is why Nintendo. Um, I forgot what composer has actually done Animal Crossing, um, but I, I believe he did some of the menu music stuff as well. He's very good at sort of uh, composing a theme or or a, a motif that's unique and you if you hear it again you're like oh i remember that specific yeah theme but not, not obtrusive enough where you, when you're playing the game you're like oh this is distracting do you feel like you've you've mastered some of that do you feel like how, how do you how do you feel like you do in terms of making motifs so i feel like i did that pretty well in bird world for here a lot of what i tried to do is again the songs are fairly short they're about some of them are as short as a minute, some of them longer, maybe two or three minutes. But I kept them on the short side. One, because I wanted to convey the same feeling of, okay, this is just a brief theme that it could repeat over and over. And two, I wanted to, like, same thing with, like, lo-fi hip-hop as, like, a genre. It's fairly minimal. Mm. Um, you're, you're not using that many instruments. You're trying to convey the feeling of uh, simplicity, even. Um, there's not, there's a lot of repetition there's not too many changes in key or too many changes in melody. In fact, there's not that much melody at all. Um, it might be like a few chords or a few riffs that uh, you're repeating, and there's not much on top of that. So it's a challenge really to make something that's listenable uh, with that sort of restriction, um, which I, you know, the, the album, this album actually took me longer than Bird World to write. One, because it's a lot more songs, but two, because I had that challenge too, to really come up with a song that didn't just sound like one chord repeating for sure. two minutes. I mean, one of the one of my favorite aesthetic thoughts is that you need restriction in order to produce art. Like restriction is so important, or like um, uh, things that it basically constraints. Um, do you do you feel more strongly that like constraint helps you now? Did, did this album sort of help you come to that conclusion, or is that how has that always been something that you've you've kind of uh, worked with? Yeah, I mean, when I first started writing music, uh, to even just put something out, I would I would restrict myself and say like, hey, I should put out a one minute song or only use three or four instruments. Cool. Um, so like one of my first songs that I wrote was like three years ago. It's um, a song on my SoundCloud. It's I think it's only on my uh, it's, it's on my Bandcamp as well. It's called Potion Shop, and it's literally I think uh, just like a xylophone and a few different percussion cool. instruments and. Um, it's a short song, it's like a minute and a half, and I only wanted um, to use a few instruments and really convey the feeling of like being in a potion shop. So that was like one of the first songs I wrote. Uh, but yeah, so restriction definitely helps in, in, in that way of like writing cool. something. And, and what, what brought you to music in the first place? Like what, what brought you to composition? Like I didn't realize that 
So when you told me that you were writing albums and I listened to your music, I mean, it, it has such a personality to, to, to my ear anyway. Um, and like, it, it felt like you'd been doing it for so long, but apparently, I mean, based on that story, it hasn't been uh, all that long. So like, what, what brought you to, to music? Why did you, why did you start composing? Um, so I, I've always been playing music since I was a little kid, okay. uh, mostly piano. I didn't really start composing seriously until about three years ago. Um, Again, I it's honestly it is video games. Like I know that's you know no. the whole what we're talking about, but like um, for me, like what I like uh, what I like to play on the piano was video game OSTs, like Final Fantasy songs, Pokemon songs, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. Um, so all my songs, even from the very beginning, have had that idea behind it of, of uh, video game type OSTs or sounds or evoking that kind of setting mm-hmm. so that's that's really really um, the biggest thing I mean I'd still I mean I'm listening to video game music all the time and we were, we were talking about this before yeah I was um, gonna ask you we, yeah we were talking about this before we started but like I listen to video game OSTs of, 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 of games I don't even play um, what's your favorite reason? so obviously um, so the, the big ones that I, I have played uh, and, and my favorite OSTs of all time is probably Final Fantasy 6 is, is one of my favorite Okay. Um, good choice. That one, that one is just you can hear the themes throughout. It's really expensive, and it's really amazing because they worked with so few instruments and a lot of restrictions with what they could do mm-hmm. uh, with, with the systems of the time. So that soundtrack is is really incredible. Final Fantasy VII, mostly because I played that a lot as a kid. Um, a lot of themes in there that are, are uh, nostalgic to me. Sure. Um, I mean, you have obviously the big ones like Zelda and Mario. They're very iconic. Um, but recently, I've been listening to uh, what are some good ones? Final, uh, Final Fantasy 15, whatever the MMO one is, has a oh, really uh, 14, great yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, 14. Yeah, it has a really great soundtrack. Um, and they do a lot. I mean, it's like the same thing with a lot of RPGs where you have like maybe a day theme and a night theme for a town, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the other one that. Uh, I've been listening to a lot is the Doom soundtrack for the new Doom game. Mm. Well, it's, it's not new. It's not new now. It was like 2016. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago. But that one's more like that's like an action game. It's like a very like electronic heavy. Um, that's like a serious. That's like a serious electronic soundtrack. Like that's it's very. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. It's ultra heavy. Yeah. yeah. It's but that that one's actually like pretty good for working too. Just cause it gets it gets you into that like okay i'm in a serious working mood sort of thing yeah for sure um yeah i mean like again it's sort of it's i mean it's it's such a buzzword i hate using it almost but like it, it is like that word uh flow like when you get into flow and you just kind of like zone in to something like that i mean i can i can totally see that working i mean yeah. do you feel so it sounds like you're not I, I would imagine people who find inspiration through video game soundtracks are often nintendo loyalists like i, I feel like in some ways Nintendo has the most um, cohesive vision when it comes to soundtracks. Like you can say, I'm a Nintendo fan in the same way you could say, like, I'm a fan of the work of Gustav Mahler or something like that, where like it it has like kind of a consistency. Um, But it sounds like you kind of draw from a lot of places. Uh, Would you say that's right? Do you you sort of have like broader inspiration? Do you feel like... Yeah, I mean, I think everyone, everyone does go back to Nintendo for really iconic music for their games mm-hmm. one because i'm sure like nintendo they take their time and they, they really uh, 
are 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 cognizant of what music makes the game. Yeah. Um, so a lot of those their, their franchises have really iconic soundtracks to them. Zelda, Mario, Kirby, um, Pokemon. It's all very very iconic. But like, yeah, I I would say other games that I've drawn inspiration from, like, um, there's this one woman composer from Japan that did the Street Fighter. Two soundtrack, I think, mm. um, which is more That's jazzy, more hip hop. Um, let me look it up. But yeah, like her, uh, her music is like incredible. Yeah, I'm looking somewhere right now. No, not Street Fighter. I'm thinking Street Fighter Third Strike actually. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's really good too. Yeah, and I was gonna say like Street Fighter is an interesting one because it's like it is. It is Nintendo to, to a degree, but like it's also it's such a such an arcade. Uh, as well, like it, it, it draws so much from the from the arcade um, and the the feel of that, like the high, I don't know, the like high intensity sort of like heavy, um, uh, not not adrenaline, but maybe almost adrenaline of of the arcade, um, as opposed to sort of yeah, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different feel. I mean, it's a different type of game. It's it's you know, it's a fighting game. Um, it's much more. I don't know. Yeah, it's much more of a different feel than like a Mario, for example, and 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 which makes sense because when you're fighting, when you're playing a fighting game, it's 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 much more of an action based. Uh, it's in short bursts. It's competitive. Yeah. Um, as a most as opposed to like Zelda or Mario, where you might be exploring level for hours on it. Okay, right. So sure. I looked it up. Yeah. That composer is Yoko Shimomura. She okay. did Street Fighter Two. But actually, the other soundtrack that she did, I mean, this is crazy because, like, if you think about a composer that can have, uh, for video games, a wide breadth of, like, what they compose. So she does Street Fighter 2, as well as the Kingdom Hearts soundtrack, which wow. is really good, really good as well. Very different type of music. Yeah, um, that's a that's a surprising breadth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, uh, fighting game music is, is, is always really great. Third Strike soundtrack is more jazzy, more hip-hop-y. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it also comes back to just what you're trying to evoke with your music, um, whether it's like a fighting game or RPG or a racing game or something like or Doom and FPS. Yeah, um, that's that's it's not necessarily uh, you're not tied to a specific uh, like an RPG composer is not necessarily just tied to just that. They just know what sort of music brings out that type of game. So what, what inspired you to, to kind of like, I mean, if, if it came from that for you, right? Like if that, if that's sort of like one of your, uh, one of your inspirations that, that sort of like sense of being able to write to a genre, uh, what made, what made you kind of take on everyday life as a genre? Cause that's, that's awfully tricky. Um, like just like soundscapes. Um, it, from from life. I mean, that's that's a lot different than say like writing for an RPG. Yeah. Um, honestly, like it's it's just. I mean, for this particular album, I think also for the previous album, it's just what I, I was into at the time when I was listening to. Mm. Um, so cool. Uh, I've been I mean, in the past year. I've been listening to a lot of that sort of easy listening hip hop sort of stuff, and decided, hey, you know. Uh, I want to write something that I would listen to or I'd be into at the time and and, and give a go at that. Um, and just also as like a personal challenge too. Yeah. It is uh, uh, similar to my previous album, but um, definitely a, a, a different path. Um, 
So to be able to, to take that challenge and try to write an album where it's 24 songs and I'm sampling uh, from the soundtrack and I'm trying to make it a different genre than what I'm used to, um, I wanted to, to try something new, really. I mean, it is really, I mean, it's, it's an amazing sense of, of constraint. I, I really admire it. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I, I guess like, so, uh, I don't know what to ask here. What, where do you feel like you're, you would go next? I mean, like, it seems like you had a, a very specific. So, purpose. so it's, it's really funny because like this, this particular album, the Animal Crossing, um, lo-fi hip-hop album that so and that, I had that's a very by part. the way that's a very sellable way you just said that it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, feel like yeah. I feel like anyone would like load that up <laughs> from a certain yeah, uh, yeah. demographic um and also like I, one thing i haven't mentioned too is like the one thing that's very common with these lo-fi hip-hop sort of tunes is is listening to them through like a youtube live stream mm-hmm, like that's sure. like the com the most common way people have been those people have been discovering it Absolutely. Um, so, so there's that stereotype uh, of like listening to like a YouTube live stream and like the the looping animation is like an anime girl working on homework or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or like uh, so, like yeah, that that really like '80s uh, high, yeah. high detail style like Ghost in the Shell or uh, Project Yeah, Gage exactly. Yeah. So wh- what I what I did for this album was I uh, I put out a call for anyone that could do animation, and I ended up paying someone. Um, to do just like a 10 second loop of uh, my fat bird character bobbing in a river uh, as a loop. And I, I first released the album as like a hour long YouTube video. Oh, that's cool. So so it's like you listen to the album and you stream it through there. And that's the only and way people like can the, get it at first? Yeah. So for the first couple of days, I was like, you got to listen to it this way because that's sort of how I imagine uh, the album being listened that's to. That's really cool. As if you're listening to like the live stream or something. Um, so anyways, uh, going back to this, uh, so Bird World I came out with last May, and um, it's it's fairly short for an album with 12 songs, and I'd already been thinking about like my follow-up album, so I started writing songs for the sequel to Bird World. Um, I had written about uh, four or five songs by the end of last year, Okay. and I, I, I even put out a, a, a teaser video saying, you know, it's going to be a return to Bird World coming out in 2018. Um, and about that same time, around December, I was playing some Animal Crossing, and I, I, I started messing around with some of the sounds, um, and I just started on the side doing some remixes and edits of, of the songs. And then I found myself within a couple, like a month or two, working on that more mm. as like a side project, as a side project and I thought oh this is I got I got something going on here yeah. um, let's keep on working on this and eventually the side project became my next project cool so I started working on that and it took I, it, I thought I was going to finish it in a couple months but it ended up taking me about seven eight months to finish wow. and I still have those four or five songs that I had worked on previously for the sequel to Bird World that I'm hoping to revive that's what I've been working on now I don't know if it's going to be released by the end of the year so that teaser release date is probably pretty ambitious now um, <laughs> well yeah i mean you released another yeah. album in the meantime that seems like uh yeah, kind exactly. of unfair to your initial vision to like force you to do that um i got i got distracted by from writing an album by writing another album basically. <laughs> i mean who could blame you that's like that's like the best way to get distracted um yeah 
that's cool like i i i like the idea of and like it, it is i don't know maybe this is overthinking it but it is like it's very um it's very much like a lo-fi hip-hop thing to sort of like be on one thing and find your way to another thing like of course it helps you work but it also helps yeah. you zone out and just like travel uh through through a period yeah. of time and like to, to find yourself at the end of a stream with something you did not intend or something that you came into it not thinking you were creating i mean that is very that's true to the form yeah um and you know it's it's not it's 100 percent like not 100 percent lo-fi have up to like i i wanted to make sure that the album had enough spice to it enough like variety that it's not all the way through like just beats you mm-hmm. know because i feel like that would also be kind of boring like i don't want to just imitate a specific style sure. so in the in the 24 songs there's um so there's there's a version of Pachelbel's Canon in there. I call it Isabel's Canon. Oh, that's cool. Um, just because I, re- I I realized one of the songs from Animal Crossing, the chords lined up exactly with Pachelbel's Canon, which so, I would imagine. Was uh, there's one song. I, I guess so. Yeah, that song that like, when I when I wrote it out, there's no drum beats at all in it. It's all harpsichord and strings. So it's like literally like a classic. That's really song. cool. Um, so, some other ones are are um, more hip-hop and then some other ones are, are going back to that style of just like instrumental no beats um, you know it, it, it goes all over the place basically that's really cool so like i mean how would you describe yourself as an artist at this point like do you do you, do you have a name for yourself do you, do you consider yourself like a producer or do you consider yourself sort of like do you do you tinker i mean is is there anything that you would say like if someone's like well, what what's your sound like um how would you describe it um I mean, I, it's definitely rooted in electronic okay. music, uh, but I don't know. I it uh, honestly, it's it's some genre of bedroom producer, okay, whatever that means. <laughs> um, but uh, like bedroom producer slash video game soundtrack music, it's it's all rooted around that sort of stuff. Um, but I don't know it's so cliche to say like, oh, I don't want to be pigeonholed to a genre. You can say that. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the music spans uh, all different sounds, but it's, to me, just whatever I think sounds good. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you can do that more because you're willing to admit that you're inspired by video games, which, I mean, in their own way are uniquely that. Like, they don't, they don't ever, um, they don't ever, like, live in a certain genre because they can't, you know, <laughs> they have to, they have to be willing to shift. Um yeah, and exactly. you know that makes uh, makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the the politics of, of electronic music these days because I, I sort of hinted at it with like the you know the, the fact that there's like this um, this sort of like fashy uh, like level of I mean the, it's kind of like fashy uh, aesthetic in vaporwave where like you'll see people who have yeah that image of uh, I think it's like Trump in a like. I guess you took a picture with like an old cell phone or something like that back in the day. And, and that'll be like on a washed out yeah. background and, you know, some, some like night that's saying like white power or something like that, which obviously like, yeah. that's not what you're doing. Um, which, right. I mean, you would, that would be, that would be a weird project for you. It would be quite a departure. Um, but uh, I mean, why do you think, why do you think electronic has these, uh, has these tendencies? I, you know, I, I have my own theories in terms of vaporwave and stuff like that, but it's just weird. Like it's it's a strange thing that you know the the kind of chillest people in the world can be doing it, and then also just the most 
you know, fascist and and extremist people can also be doing it. Like, is there something about the genre? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually not too familiar with 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 that from from musical aspect, but it isn't it's sort of like the the theory that fascism uh, at its at some level is really just about aesthetics. You know, like yeah, sure the the, the way they dress the the look the the feel of it i don't know um it it wouldn't surprise me that electronic music can adhere to that um sure i mean hugo boss uniforms and everything that's like that's not it's absolutely part of it yeah uh i mean i would say that that my experience in in like electronic music i mean i guess it really just depends on like who you're dealing with you know like i it wouldn't surprise me in any genre of music that there is a nazi version like literally <laughs> i <fair. laughs> i made i made a post like a while ago about animorphs like oh and then like all these people in the animorphs fandom started replying to me and i ended up finding out there is a pretty substantial uh nazi animorph fandom like wow that's that's actually a little surprising I, I i don't know how they came about but i just assume on any inter- internet forum there's going to be some sub forum that are much more fascist than the rest i mean it wow there's there's Nazi furries. That's like a thing. There's, there's... Yeah, I did know that. I don't know why I'm less surprised by them and more surprised by the, by the animorphs Nazis. Not, but not Nazi bronies. I don't know. There's there's just always going to be some uh, faction within a community that I, I I just don't think like there's anything particular about electronic music or video game music that um, would be conflicting necessarily with with terrible people. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess it's not. Yeah, I guess that's right. Like, it's not. It's not as if it's so rare that you would find uh, fascists in the in the woodpile, basically. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I did want to ask you actually to go back to an old an old thought um, that we that we sort of touched on. What about like what I find so interesting about what you were saying about video game soundtracks that you never played but you like listening to like do you seek those out do you just like are you just like an equal opportunity listener or like what about i guess my my, i'll ask the the central question i want to ask instead of like leading you to it um which i mean you know i I hate when i do that to my students um what like what about like these games that you haven't played like what is that what what appeals to you about that is there something specific Uh, is it like not knowing the context I mean, there's a few different ways I, I would come stumble across an OST that of a game I haven't played before. One, maybe someone has recommended it to me, or it's a game that I'd be interested in um, that I haven't played yet. Uh, I think good examples of that are like any RPG that I necessarily haven't invested in or, or thought about. Sometimes I'll just put on the OST just to have it on like while I'm working or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just stumble upon it randomly. Um, trying to remember this one sort of anime shoot 'em up game that I, I was listening to. I, I'll come back to that later. Um, sometimes, um, like, to be honest, like, uh, for example, like, I actually like watching videos of uh, people playing video games. Uh, this is very common now, but I don't know why I'm explaining this, but like, uh, like speedrunning videos or other people reviewing video games or playing video games that I am probably not going to ever play. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've gotten into that too uh, here and there. Like, I remember yeah. especially when, especially when I did not have a machine that could play 
a lot of games i would i would just like i would watch people play video games instead of playing it myself yeah um, i i love watching speedrun videos like um agdq uh, oh yeah S- so SGDQ, like those 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 marathons that they do like i love watching that stuff um like so and there's some games that are much more watchable than others um for speedrunning and one of them is is the the new doom game so i, I watched that um, oh really yeah like a year or two ago oh that's um, cool because it's a, I think the the run they were doing was a combination of a lot of glitches, but also just just pure, you know, Skill. gameplay. Yeah. Um, and then I just remember listening to him and being like, "This soundtrack is fucking amazing. I'm super pumped to watch this speed run because of the music that's playing in the background." So I decided, "Hey, I'm going to check out the, the soundtrack," and it was really good. It makes Definitely sense. Th- very different from what I usually listen to, but it was it was yeah really good. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. Like, I, I guess, like, for me, I was wondering if, and this does happen to me sometimes, like, there is this emotional connection to stuff in video games, like, especially soundtracks in video games. And you mentioned it with Final Fantasy VII, and that's definitely one for me. Uh, yeah. That or Xenogears or Chrono Trigger, like, mostly RPGs, again, but, like, games I spent just, like, tons of time with. Um, but, like, listening to an RPG soundtrack that I've never listened, that I've never played, like... Um, I don't know, like a, the, some of the old Persona games or something like that. Like if I listen to those, there's something about that where like I don't know anything about the music, so I feel on some level I can approach it from a more balanced perspective or, or like a, a more honest perspective, uh, not kind of like through the lens of my own perspective, own, own experience. Um, I don't know if you have if you feel that way at all, or if like if experience actually like impacts the way that you listen to this music or, or any music. Uh, like, do you feel like reception matters to the way that you understand like aesthetic work that way, or or is it more just like you take it as it comes? No, I, I can definitely appreciate soundtracks, especially for RPGs, if I haven't played the game, because uh, one, I you know, I'll, what I commonly do is just put on, I'll put on a YouTube playlist of like OSTs for a specific game. Mm-hmm. And I, if I haven't played the game, I'll just listen to it through. Um, maybe I'll make a note of what, what the song title is. Maybe it's like a level or a setting. Um, a lot of the time I am trying to draw inspiration from it too. Like mm. uh, maybe, maybe like a certain sound that they're using or a certain uh, uh, idea I can, I can maybe get out of it. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think you need to necessarily have, uh, have to play the game to get, the, get something out of a soundtrack. Um, it is also pretty rewarding i think to listen to a soundtrack and then later play the game so that happened to me with final Fantasy 14 where i listened to the soundtrack first before i decided to jump into the game and i jumped into the game and i and i remembered some of the hearing some of the sounds from before and i was like okay this is cool and i can tie this to a specific place or a location oh yeah that is cool um yeah i mean i mean i guess especially in an, in an mmo you sort of like the sounds basically become part of the lore in, in a way which that's, yeah that's actually a really very cool way of thinking about it um i mean so like what you've been you've been composing you've been gaming uh i assume too like what what have you been up to these days like i i, I know you've been posting too you've, you had some had some had some hot posts um <laughs> as as always uh but yeah uh, I, I i took a break from from online for a while to write the album the album came out uh late july um so I, in terms of gaming honestly like since then i haven't been playing too many new video games um i played donut county which was fucking amazing oh yeah you short, know that, very short sweet game yeah people I, I i saw someone kind of complaining about how short it was just because um which i mean you know that's that's always like a, a, a tricky complaint 
Because it's. I mean, it, it was it was like one guy that that made the entire game like over a couple of years. Like, it's amazing that it was made at all. <laughs> it seems really cool. Like, I haven't actually gotten a chance to play it yet. Is it is it as sort of charming as it looks? Yeah, I mean, it's very like if you if you've ever played uh, Katamari back in the day, it's oh, very yeah, similar yeah. to that. Um, it and it's it's very charming. It's a great story. Um, it's totally worth it. It's like a couple bucks. Like, nice. And um, the uh, design is really great, and also has has a really great sort of sounds behind it. You know, I, that's something I definitely pay attention to now more than ever whenever I play a game. Is because I'm thinking of it not just as a video game player perspective, but also like, hey, what is like I'm, I'm listening to it in, in a more um, like perceptive uh, way where I'm thinking about okay what's going on with this song what are they trying to, to evoke etc um, so it, the, the soundtrack to it is great too do you feel like do you feel like you've um, you've noticed more uh, or you've become like sort of more of a that's a that's a terrible question of course you had you just said that um, do you <laughs> the question I'm looking for here is do you feel like it's changed the way that you experience video games to kind of be thinking about them through the lens of the um, through the lens of the composer. Kind of like when I first play through a video game, I I try to actively not think about that. I just try to like let it let myself enjoy it yeah. as you know someone playing the game. But I'll go back through and and really try to analyze um, and try to learn something from the music uh, and figure out okay like. Um, how long is the song that that's a looping in the background? Oh, smart. What are they trying to do here? Uh, what instruments are they using, um, etc. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think writing more and more music has uh, made me think about those things consciously a lot more. But I still try to first play through, not think about that. Just let it sit there as as it was intended for for use in the game yeah it's interesting i mean like and it comes back to what you were saying about it which is that like you know the intention of a lot of these things was really just to like serve as background music or not background music but like serve as something that set a scene or, or operated as some kind of um approach to a a setting um giving you a clue about what the game was about or what it was saying not not meant as like compositions and and not meant in a good way as a composition like it's not that it's Worse yeah, because it isn't that, but uh, it's almost even. It's more trying to enhance. It's trying to enhance your playthrough. Yeah, really. um, and uh, and the one thing that I try to find more and more, but some games do this, some games don't. Is um, some games are are able to seamlessly blend gameplay with their music, and I'm, I'm talking about like if something happens in the game, the music follows along with that. Mm, yeah, closely, uh, as opposed to maybe just a song looping in the background, and they have a few sound effects during the game. I can't really think of a great example right now, but there are some games that are, are really good at that. Um, People have been saying the, that I'm, the new Spider-Man game is, is very good with that, actually, yeah. weird, weirdly enough. Um, I remember Nier, Nier Automata was, was pretty interesting that way, too. Oh, yeah, the Nier Automata soundtrack. That's, that's another game I've never played, and the soundtrack is great. Yeah, it's a marvelous soundtrack. Um, it's, a, it's a great game, too. But, yeah, I mean, like, the soundtrack is, is phenomenal. Um, and uses like I like the way that they use different versions of the songs I mean that's sort of like the the variation on the theme that you kind of uh, yeah. been talking about a little bit through the you know especially in in Animal Crossing when when like there's a night theme and a day theme and they, yeah. they differ in certain ways I mean yeah they definitely do that in, in near um, yeah that's 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 a good one um, yeah I see what you're saying like it it, it is a 
it's a it's a way of understanding music as as a set piece that is um, I don't know it's very distinctive. It's it's very much based on it's very much based on a reception, like what how you think a player is going to enjoy the game and how you think they're best going to experience it. But you know, not in a way that's going to just like make it so that the player dictates everything you do. Which was, yeah, which absolutely. Was and, and and the thing about that too is like you know, I guess when I'm writing music for for that in mind, it's. I'm also cognizant that like when you're listening to it, you're not playing a game. You're you're listening to it um, with the intention uh, of listening to the music and, and not as a background to something else. Uh, obviously, if you're like if you're working or something, like people, that's why people tend to say like, oh, I put on your music while I'm working, etc. Um, but uh, I guess when I'm when I'm composing, there's a little bit of me that's also like, hey, you know, someone's listening to this hmm. um, uh, consciously to to get something out of it. Not necessarily as part of a, a game. Yeah, I guess that's right. Like, well, that that also speaks to like how tricky it must be to write for like you know ostensibly fictional games or like imagining imagining a game soundtrack to uh, this would be sort of like the, the the theory head way of saying it. Like imagining a game soundtrack to a game that was never produced, uh, which right. I mean was kind of like what I understood Bird Island to be in, in a way. Yeah. Um, Bird World. Oh, yeah, Bird, I keep yeah. uh, for some reason I always <laughs> think it's Bird Island. I have done. I think I've made that mistake like eight times with you. And I don't know uh, why. But yeah, I uh, it, I've enjoyed it. I just keep calling it Bird Island. So that, that's the thing. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say much more about the next project. But um, I. I hope it, the reason why the next project I think is going to take me a little longer is that um, I. I want to sort of invert that uh, aspect of video game music where it's not. Um, you're, the music is not enhancing the game, but maybe something uh, closer to the other way around. Ooh, right. But that is, that's my next project. Um, it's in the works. I'm being very secretive about it now. But, uh, that's that's um, exciting. I like I like the I like yeah. the teaser there. That's cool. Yeah. Um, nice. All right. Um, so uh, what I mean, like anything else that you want to talk about? Anything else that's going on in your life that that's cool? Like you, uh, you in any political organizations? Are you uh, a big DSA head? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm a member of the DSA, but I, I don't get involved in any of the online. Well, no, I mean shit. that 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 actually means that you are a member of the DSA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I am uh, pretty excited about about the upcoming elections. I I don't think Cynthia Nixon is going to win against uh, Cuomo, but I'm really hoping that she does. Do you think like? Do you think she's not going to win because of the uh, because of the bagel gaffe from today? <laughs> I think that's really gonna hurt her. Uh, I, I I think what's gonna hurt her is that you know most people across the state of New York don't really give a shit. And, and yeah, that uh, that's um, that's uh, that's rough actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it was just New York City, then then you know that'd be one thing. But again, we're yeah. This is uh, this is state? a state election, right? I mean, yeah, New yeah, York State's rough. State um, that is that yeah. is not an easy place to win an election. Uh, if you're if yeah. you're like a progressive, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see it. I, I, she seems really interesting. Um, I, I like, just despite a lot of what's what's been said, I'm I'm, I'm intrigued by Ocasio Cortez. Um, yeah. No. It's like it's it's an interesting time, right? Like, I saw someone say that uh, it, it could be that Obama's legacy is um, opening this this new uh, new glut or new like. Um, group of um, politicians of color, which 
I mean, it seems to me like maybe a little too uh, optimistic, but it's kind of like a, a cool idea. <laughs> it would be. Nice. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can see that being an argument, but also the argument might be made that uh, the results of Obama's politics have left people wanting more uh, than. Sure, than yeah. Would, but yeah, yeah. That might, yeah, that might also be the case, right? <laughs> Yeah. It's not actually that they're they're the you know they're they're inspired by Obama and, and that's why it's happening. It's that like they are disappointed in Obama and that's why it's happening. Yeah. That's just as likely. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm excited to hear how it goes. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to your new project and I'm I'm gonna have to now with with this context in mind re-listen to your old. Um, I, I gotta say thanks thanks again for coming on. This is it, it's always really it's always really. Um, I don't know, enlightening to talk to you. It's it's, it's very enjoyable. I, I I feel like I get a lot out of it. Um, yeah. Um. I yeah. I, I like how you know we take a few different paths and ramble along. But um, yeah. Yeah. I, I always love, love talking about random shit with you. Yeah. No. It's good. We should do it again soon. Um. Well. Yeah. Any, anyone who is like um interested in good in good shit should listen to Leon's music. Um. <laughs> uh. Tell us the SoundCloud again. Tell us the tell us the places we can get it. Um, yeah. So uh, everywhere, uh, SoundCloud, Twitter, um, um, L E Y A W N. That's uh, my username. You can find me on most music streaming sites. Um, you know, Spotify, iTunes, etc. As Leon Chang, L E O N C H A N G. And the reason I have to do that now is because apparently there's a Swedish singer who goes by L E O N with an accent over the E has blown up in the last year. Oh, so, no. <laughs> I'm going, from, I'm going by my full name now, so why not? Yeah, no, I mean, hey, yeah, it's, it's like, I remember when we, when I was in my, uh, my band in high school, we were, we were called Static Boy, and it was fine for a while, and then, like, I don't know, he never really blew up that much, but I don't know, like, maybe like three years into doing it, all of a sudden there was this DJ that was getting some play called DJ Static Boy, <laughs> like, this is, yeah, yeah. this is not good, like, yeah. this isn't what we want. Um, but no, yeah, that's so Leon Chang, check out the SoundCloud, look at his Twitter. You probably all follow him at this point, but uh, if you don't, you should. Good art, um, you know, classic, classic tweets like uh, like your your cartoon to to, to Dawkins and, and things like that. Um, yeah, the the the, the one that the, you, you sort of have a tweet like mine where um, I feel like people quote tweet it or, or retweet it when like stuff happens, like the uh, the one I have about uh, not wanting to. You're the one about skill. Do you have the one about Skip Bayless? I do have that one. Whenever Stephen A. Smith <laughs> yeah. or Skip Bayless does something that happens. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I have one about um, uh, not wanting to intercede with uh, people who I follow that hate each other because I'm a coward. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, you have the one that's, uh, if you if you include I, me I, on retweet, I, don't, uh, don't say anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely feel that one about, about using like, my followers, like, I don't want to get involved because I'm pretty sure given... All the people that end up following me, like they follow me for various reasons. One of them like might be like video game stuff or like for like politics stuff. I'm pretty sure there's like four or five factions within my followers that all hate each yeah, other. Yeah, no, like absolutely, absolutely despise. One hundred percent true. Yeah, I, 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 that happens to me a lot. It, it even sometimes happens in like the no cartridge Discord. You'll, you'll get people who less there. It's it, that's a pretty happy place. But yeah. like, yeah. leaving people there who are just like despise each other's politics, and it's like, man, how did I? Yeah. How do I get everyone to like be okay with me? It's just like I gotta keep juggling these plates. 
Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again for coming. You definitely uh, come on again, and, uh, and if I can convince Julian to do it, I will. I will get him to to underscore this whole thing with your new album. But if not, uh, people should just go do that themselves. Put it on in the background. Have like uh, you know some some multi oral uh, experiences in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Also, it's also it's free on Bandcamp. You can download it uh, for zero dollars. People get you money just somehow. Putting that out there. Well, I mean, it's it's pay what you oh, want. Okay, okay. Yeah. So. so pay it, it is one hundred dollars per download on Bandcamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, thanks again, and uh, yeah, next don't be a stranger. Next time, uh, next time you have anything going on, let me know, and we'll uh, we'll have you on again. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. Talk soon. Thanks. <laughs>